0: things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching, uh, over the last, uh, 2022, 2023, uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. So, uh, yeah. Uh, If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, I love you. Thank you for coming back. Um, We are starting a new series today uh, called Defining Moments. Someone once told me that every moment is defining you. But the moments that you encounter Jesus don't just define you, they grow you. And so for the next couple weeks, we're going to be defining different things, defining faith, defining love, defining freedom, defining all kinds of things. But they were all moments that encountered Jesus. And see, the thing about Jesus is it's not just a... When you encounter Jesus, there's a change. When you encounter Jesus, something happens within you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about defining faith. That's the thing we're going to define today. And I'm going to tell you a story. And in this story, I'm going to give you a couple things that are going to help you walk this out out there. So, things you should know when I preach. One... I'm really intense for no reason. There's going to be a lot of lunges for no reason as well. I don't know why I do it. Um, I'm just—I figure it would be good to get it out of the way now. When you're like, "Why does she keep lunging?" I don't know. It just feels right. And um, (laughs) there's a lot of pacing. I look like a lioness. I don't know why. You ever seen a tiger in a cage? And they just pace. I just pace. It helps me. It makes me feel good. And so you should just be prepared for a lot of pacing and a lot of yelling. I don't mean to yell. I'm Cuban. It's how I talk. It's my tone. I will tell you that um, moving from a home to an apartment, I have had to learn about my tone. I didn't realize that I talked so intensely to my husband all day long until I could hear our neighbors. And I was like, oh my God, can they hear me? So that's the week I've had. So (laughs) I greeted you. I set the series up and now I'm going to pray because if the Holy Spirit doesn't walk back in, this is going to get real weird for everybody. All right. Lord, we love you. Help. Amen. Okay. So I'm gonna jump into our main text, and I'm gonna jump into uh, defining faith, guys. So I don't know about you, but when I wanted to define something, um, I was really, 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 really um, one of those underachievers in high school. Irony that we're in high school, and so I was that kid that like slept through all my classes if I showed up, but I made A's on everything because I could I could study really well, and I would you know like it was before Google, guys. So I would like I had encyclopedias, and so I would study, and I would be really good, and so. I, the first thing I did is before I studied this message is I defined faith. I went to Google, and I Googled it. Because your pastor is a little bit of an underachiever still. And, it, and, 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 and the way that it defined it was putting your trust and confidence in something or someone. So the world defines faith as something that you see. But when you look at the word of God in Hebrews, in Hebrews 1, 11, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, the world will tell you that faith is something you need to see to prove. In the kingdom, it'll show you that actually you don't need to see it. You just need to know it. And the story we're going to learn from today is a guy that just knew it. He just got it. It was one of those situations that happened where he didn't need to see what was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. And I respect that, and I love that. And I'm one of those people that, man, like you ever get a gut feeling you just know? It was one of those type of situations. So if you guys, if you want to follow along, I'm going to be in Luke 7, 1 through 10. And we're going to learn about faith today based on the life of the centurion. The centurion was a Roman, just a little context. So we find Jesus. He is literally kicking butt and taking names. He's healing people. His disciples are weirdos, and they're just like, really, are we doing this? Is this what we're doing? Like, I've ever wondered what it was like to be a disciple where you're constantly questioning Jesus? you ever thought that? Like, I always wonder things like that, Pastor Jen, where I'm like, dude, shut up. You sound dumb right now. You know, like he's like feeding 5,000 people and they're like, mm, do you really want to pick a fight right now, Jesus? And he was like, yes, I do. Because Jesus was a gangster. Jesus didn't care. Jesus had honey badger tendencies. Yeah, no, nobody, Googled, don't Google that. Just, he had honey badger, trust your pastor, he had honey badger tendencies. He just didn't care what other people thought because he had a way about him that he just knew He walked in in a knowing that I hope with all that I am that when we walk out of these walls today that we walk out of these walls with a knowing. Because it's in that knowing that people are affected and it's in that knowing where people are healed and it's in that knowing where people are changed. And that's what we're doing today. We're experiencing radical life change. Cool, let's jump right in. Toddie, you're so intense. Stop pointing at me. I can't see you. I'm just pointing into the dark. (laughs) All right, Luke uh, 7, now uh, when he had concluded all his sayings in the here, okay, so he's talking to a bunch of people, he enters into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So homeboy has a slave who he loves very much, they're besties, and he hears of this Jesus, and he's like, I need that guy. He hears of Jesus, and so what he does, so when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him. He didn't even go. He went to the elders and was like, hey, can you bring your homeboy hither? That's my Jesus translation in my mind. (laughs) You're like, please don't ever write a Bible that talks like that. Anyways, so he goes to the elders and he says, "...pleading with him to come and heal the servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that one for whom he should..." Wait, wait, I can't read. "...saying that one for whom he should do this was deserving." For he loves our nation and he's built us a synagogue. Okay, so centurions weren't like people's favorites, okay? Especially the Jews. There was like this inner turmoil, outer turmoil. The Romans were not nice people at this time. And there was this constant fight between the Jews and the Romans. And he went, this dude was cool. He had built them a synagogue. He was good to the Jewish people. And so what he did is he sent his homies that he knew that could speak on his behalf to Jesus and said, hey, just ask homie to come. I don't need to go, you guys go. He was maybe, I would think, I don't know, this is just my chatty interpretation, that maybe he thought they had an in with Jesus that maybe he didn't have, okay? I don't know, maybe he wasn't as secure as we think. It's okay if you're insecure, Jesus loves you. That was for the one person in the back who's hiding. Anyways, and Jesus went with them. He was already not far from his house and the centurion sent friends to him. Okay, now this is the second thing he's done. First, he didn't go the first time. And he didn't go the second time. He sent his friends. He sent his friends to meet with Jesus. I'll come back to this of why this is important. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come. By the, by, but, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and the other, come, and he comes. And the servant, do this, and he does this. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned around, and he said to the crowd and followed him, I say to you, I have not seen such great faith, not even in Israel. Can you imagine? Homeboy didn't even show up. He sent his friends friends, and then he sent elders. He didn't even show up. And Jesus says, I have never seen such faith. When I first read this text, I was like, I don't understand, Jesus. Why would you, why would this guy have so much faith? I don't get it. I don't see why this would be a lot of faith. He didn't even go himself. And the Lord showed me three things that he did. Say three things. I feel like if you can't look at a text and find three simple things and we didn't read it right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you what I felt like the Lord gave me for my life because I will never preach something that I feel like I myself am not currently walking through or can walk through. Because guys, you can't take people where you haven't gone. And the centurion, he was able to send people because he had done that before. So faith is three things. The first thing, the faith of the centurion, it was a faith that pursues. He pursued Jesus. Who are you pursuing in your life? As I began to read this, I started to think about it. Here he is, he's heard. He heard about Jesus. His hearing about Jesus caused him to pursue. And I guess my question to you today is what are you pursuing? What are you chasing? What is in your life right now that you find yourself chasing after? Is it success? Is it relationships? Is it something that isn't God? Because I will tell you, I'm 40 years old. At 28, I remember sitting down. I had achieved everything I had asked God for. Everything at 28. I can tell you the moment I was standing on a stage speaking. I had just heard my song in several different languages, and I thought, I've arrived. But I was the most depressed I had ever been. And I spent the next five years probably the most suicidal, most depressed. I was in ministry, saddest I had ever been. I could hear God going, you haven't chased me. You chased my works, but you never let my works work through you. Guys, so many times we'll come on Sunday and it's just a Sunday. But we go back out and Monday through Saturday run us. Instead of us running it. But when you're running after the creator, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, your life will look different. There will be a radical life change. That pursuing will come easy. Guys, I like running. And by, hold on, don't laugh. Why are you laughing? Oh my God, like you've been here five minutes. You're already laughing at me? Pastor Jen, I like the thought of running. Let's start again. Like if I ever see somebody running down the street, I'm like, I respect you, you're doing a great job. Like I got the, I've got, i got the running pants and the running shoes and I'm killing it. Like if I could lose weight by staying in Dick's Sporting Goods in the running section, you know this to be true, I would be like a marathon runner. Sarah Kato, worship leader, was telling me, oh, we're gonna run like a 5K. I was like, that's dumb. You ever see me running, call the cops because I'm scared I'm gonna end up on Dateline NBC. There will be no running here cuz I don't have the cardio for that. But you know, spiritual cardio looks real different. When you run after Jesus, it's easy. You know what it's like? I do a lot of travel and it's like when you're you're running through an, an airport, which I did the other day in Atlanta and I didn't have my inhaler. I looked ridiculous. You know what you don't want to look like? Dumb running. And so I feel like we do that as Christians. We just look dumb running because we're running in the wrong direction and there's those people on the little escalators that are moving faster than all of us and they're like, why do not you just stand on the escalator thing? Look how fast I am. And they're the people that are just running through the airport. You ever seen those people that just run through the airport? I feel like we are like that in real life. We're running through the airports of life. We're missing the people that we're meant to have radical change with because we're pursuing stupidities instead of the Savior. Johnny, that's really hard. It's your first preaching, really? You're just going to throw it out there? I am, because there's people dying, going to hell, and we don't have time. We don't have time to be messing around. I don't know if I'll ever preach again here. What do you mean? Are you quitting? No, I just don't know. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. This is it. This is all we have right now. This is all we have right now. And if right now I had to tell you something, it's run with purpose. Pursue Jesus. If you want to have a faith that encounters people in a way that it's radical, that you are changing, that it's radical in your life, you've got to pursue Jesus. That means it's daily. That means you're in your Bible. Guys, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a reading disability. So my Bible is highlighted in a very weird and healthy way. My notes are written in a certain way. I have them written in another book. So I try really hard to understand the word of God about a Bible that I am able to understand. I study all different kinds just so I can understand it. Because I really, really, really want to pursue Jesus. Because when I was the most depressed and when I was the most broken, he pursued me. And there's some of you in here right now where you're wondering why things are bad. He's pursuing says that he's like a whisper. If he's like a whisper, what is so loud in your life that you're missing the whisper? The second thing that faith does, it doesn't just pursue, but it understands. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I think of Eve in the Bible. You know Eve, the one that we're, all the ladies in the room are going to punch her in the ovaries when we get to heaven? Not for any other reason. <laughs> it's just me? Okay, fine, whatever, I don't care. You guys are better than me. Um, I think of Eve in the Bible when I was thinking of understanding God and knowing God. And You know, it says here that, um, let me read it again, the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So if you want to understand, if your faith is the, one, the type of faith that understands what God is doing, one, you got to be pursuing, but you got to know him. Eve, right? The serpent tells her all this stuff. And they're like, hey, dude, where are you? Hey, Adam, hey, Eve, where are you? God comes back to the garden after they've eaten the fruit. It's awkward turtle. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, God, we're naked. And God says to them, who told you you were naked? Some of you are walking through life, and you're like, I'm broken, I'm depressed, I'm single, I'm divorced, I'm this, I'm that, and I'm just here to tell you today, who told you that? Who told you that? Because it wasn't the God who understands, and it wasn't the God that when you experience him, you begin to understand. Who told you that? I wrote down that if you're losing hope, it's probably because your faith isn't current. If you find yourself in your life, and you're like, I just feel hopeless, Well, it's because you're not pursuing the right things, and you don't really understand the God that's pursuing you. It's really simple. You ever seen Elf, the movie Elf? Yeah, you're sitting on a throne of lies, remember? (laughs) Elf, I love this movie. This is a perfect example of how I see my relationship with Jesus. When he says Santa's coming, he goes, Santa! I know him. I know him. When people talk about Jesus, my heart goes, I know him. Jesus, I know him. I know him. I know him so well. I know his nature. Understanding what it does when your faith is a type of faith that understands who your creator is. It knows the God is, that when you, things are falling apart, you know that God is coming through that evacuation route that seems to be everywhere here. And it's coming to get you. My husband last, last week talked about having thankful heart. And it's like a value of our family. And he talked about how we had gone through a lot of things early on in our marriage. And one of those things was that I had to, I walked through cancer. I was 26 years old, and the doctor said, you know, you have, you have cancer. We've seen it. Like, it's physical. Like, we see. Like, we've seen your cancer. You know, you know what you don't want to hear from the doctor? Like, not that we think it's there, but that we saw it. Now, what you don't know is that I was born with half of my intestines missing and spent the first three months of my life in an incubator And I wasn't supposed to live, but God healed me. And then when I was five years old, my intestines burst. My frail intestines literally burst. And guess what? He healed me. Got lots of weird scars. And when I was seven, I had pneumonia that almost killed me. I survived. I shouldn't be this tall. I shouldn't be this big. I had a lot more issues that followed me into my adulthood. So at 26, when they said, we saw the cancer, I went, huh. Well, I know God. I understand his healing hand. I remember sitting there right before they do the biopsy, which let me tell you, awkward turtle when the doctor's flinging his head around your leg. That's not something you want to see. That's weird. Just anybody. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you for experiencing that with me. And I remember sitting there, and I just had tears streaming down my face. And I didn't pray God heal me. I said, God, do you. I remember saying it. I said it out loud like a weirdo. I said, God, do you. I know what you did before. Do it again. Because I understand who my God is, just like the centurion. I know who my God is because I've been pursuing him up to that point for 26 years. Some of you are wondering why you haven't gotten your healing because you don't even believe it for yourself. Yeah, I can't have kids either. Add that one on. And I always pray for people to have kids and they get pregnant. It's like a thing. If you want to get pregnant, come see me. I'll lay hands on your womb. Just don't lay hands on mine. And someone says, well, Chadi, isn't that sad? Don't you get sad that you haven't gotten pregnant? And I'm like, no, not at all. You think I'm going to lose faith for me? No, I just know my God. Some of you have stopped praying for other people because you didn't get it. Because you don't really truly understand the God in which you serve. I know the God in which I serve. It's the same God that said, let there be light. And guess what? Light hasn't stopped. I think sometimes we forget who our God is. The centurion understood. He understood the authority of God in that moment. Some of us need to understand his nature. Some of us need to understand the way he loves us. Some of us just don't understand who we are because we've stopped looking through the filter of I know him. And we're looking in the filter of what they say. About us. Pastor Jen and I were talking this morning about how the internet's not a real place. It's not a real place. What are you looking at? What are you pursuing that identifies you? Because if you're pursuing God, if you have a faith that you don't care if you see it or not, that's pursuing God and that understands who He is, you'll do the final thing, which is faith affects people. It affects. So here we find this centurion, dude. He's a man of faith. He sends people along. And then I, at the end, his servant gets healed. And then the other translation, it says, and his friends come and they're like, dude, he's healed? And he's like, yeah, he's healed. Does your faith affect the people in your life? Faith pursues, faith understands, faith affects. Does your faith actually not only affect you, but affect others? And not like, are you an influencer? Because I don't believe in that. I'm sorry for the people that will watch this later online. I'm sorry. The only influencer is Jesus Christ. Everybody else just has a social media following, which is not a real following. God doesn't care about your followers. He cares if you're following. God doesn't care about your followers. You know what he cares about if you're pursuing him? Do you understand his ways? Do you understand his nature? Are you affecting your circle? Someone, a young kid one time said, was like, I, I want to have the platform you have. And I said, you don't want the platform I have because then you have to go through all the things that I've gone through to have this platform. Nobody, you don't want this. It's like Jesus. Everybody wants the power and authority of Jesus, but you know what they don't want? Um, Judas. Judas here, let's do this. Ready? Judas, the garden, um, the betrayal, the horrible death, uh, no friends at the end, his best friend betraying him. Like, Jesus had a lot of stuff. Nobody wants that part. Everybody wants the cool, sexy part. Like, be healed. No, I don't even know if I want that part, Jesus, because then I have to have the rest of it. Like, does your circle, are you affecting your circle? Because like, that kid was like, I want your platform so I can affect all these people. You can't even affect yourself. I used to have this obsession with uh, Starbucks coffees. You like my transition? <laughs> As the Lord just gave me the story, so I'm going to tell it. It's embarrassing, but I'm going to tell it again. So this is what it is. And I used to have this obsession. It was like a $7 cup of coffee. It was a type of cup of coffee that has whipped cream and salt on it. So it tastes like Christmas in a cup. And then I would get a venti. So the calories alone were like all the calories that I had for the day. So dumb. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You feel me on that one. We're best friends right here. She's giving me eye contact. We're just going to keep talking. So what happened was I was on a 21-day fast. And on the last day of the fast, I saw Starbucks. And I felt the Lord say, don't eat, don't drink that. And I was like, that's not Jesus. (laughs) Because there will be a Starbucks and coffee. Look. Sometimes I think in movies. So I can imagine that the Holy Spirit looked at God and was like, that's stupid. I don't even know why she said that. And Jesus was like, I didn't tell her that. And God was like, you, did somebody tell her that? And he's like, no, nobody told her that. And I'm like, no, Lord, there's going to be coffee in heaven. I see that Starbucks. It's calling to me. And the Lord was like, it's not. It's not. You don't even have $7 to rub together. Do not spend $7 on this coffee. So as I come out of Starbucks with my $7 coffee, I see a um, a, a nice lady um, asking for money outside. And the Lord says, give her your coffee. And I was like, oh, not the Lord. That's not the Lord. He knows how much I spent on this coffee. so stupid. And so I'm pursuing myself and understanding my own ways. And I'm walking out. I'm, I sipped my coffee. Like I heard the Holy Spirit say, give these, this woman your coffee. And I went, sip, and kept going. Anyone ever really, truly disobeyed Jesus? Yeah? No? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Okay, anyways, so we're moving on. So I get there. I get in my car, I'm halfway to work, and the Lord's like, yo, because he actually talks to me, because he's a gangster, yo, turn this car around, and go give that lady your coffee. And I was like, mm, so stupid. Now I feel like, okay, now it's really Jesus. It wasn't him earlier. So I'm like, I literally said out loud, fine. I already drank half of it. Turn around, she's across the street at McDonald's. So I'm like, okay. So I park the car, I go to hand her my coffee, and the Lord goes, oh, no, no. Go inside, get her a, get her a meal. So I, my stupid behind is now late to work. I am now late to work. And I'm standing in line. I get this woman a Mc something and a hash brown. I walk outside, I hand her the breakfast that she's already had seven people give her breakfast at this point, and I hand her my coffee, where she pours out and then pours into my Starbucks cup a cafe coffee. Mm. I looked at this woman and I said, ma'am, that was a $7 cup of coffee that tasted like Christmas. She said, thank you for my cup. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, in my mind, I was like, Lord, really? Seriously? She didn't even want this. And he goes, dummy, it was for you. This was for you. Some of you guys, your faith doesn't affect anybody because it doesn't affect you. You come to church every Sunday, but you don't change. You come to church every Sunday, but you don't serve. You come to church every Sunday, but you don't give. These are all things that I, I deal with myself. Pastor, are you? Yeah, no, ask Gigi. Gigi, I'm like, Gigi, please put me on your team. I want to serve. If, if you don't see me preaching, I'm probably taking pictures. One of these days, I'll go serving kids when I'm not preaching on a Sunday because I just want to be in the house with my people, with my tribe, loving Jesus together. I mean, me and Miss Keisha, we were out doing church news this week. Like, guys, because I want my faith to not only affect myself, my family, my family here, my family, my family in all different places. But it has to start here. It has to start here. Faith pursues. Matthew 6, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It doesn't say seek second. Seek possibly when it's convenient for you. Seek first. Pursue God first. Let me give you a couple practicals because I only have a few minutes left. What does it look like to pursue God? Get up in the morning and read your Bible. What do I read? Read a Proverbs, there's 31 of them. Read a Psalms, encourage yourself. To the Bible app. Oh, I forgot. We're on you version next week. pursue God in all the things that you do it's simple just get up just get up and read your bible just get up and read your bible why you know some people are like well i get up and i pray for 17 hours cool when you pray you talk to God when you read the bible he speaks to you and you know what i don't want a one way relationship i've been married to my husband for almost 20 years you know what would be weird if i only ever talked to him and he never talked back it's a covenant relationship when you say yes to Jesus it's covenant just, I look at it just like my marriage. You know, it would be weird if I only ever talked and I, he never responded. I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? I want you to pray. I pray in my car. I pray when I'm in line, at, not at McDonald's. I don't go to McDonald's. Chick fil A, you know, Lord's chicken. <laughs> but it's closed on Sunday, which makes no sense. Anyways, I'm working through that. But that's what pursuit looks like. Understanding, do you know him? You want to understand God? You got to get to know him. You got to get to know God. You got to spend some time with him. You got to let him look at the nitty gritty of your problems and let him fix it. Uh, Someone said to me, uh, I had walked through this really difficult situation about a year ago. And they said, make sure you don't get bitter and angry. And I was like, okay. Like, I have every right to be bitter and angry. (laughs) This is not the Lord. And they said, no, for real, like it causes actual inflammation in your body. Unforgiveness does. And I was like, what? Unforgiveness causes me to be bloated? Don't you know that I'm already bloated? Like, you know, you know what you don't want to give me? More of that. Some of you guys are having health issues. You don't even realize it's your bitterness and unforgiveness, because you don't even know your God. He loves you and he's pursuing you. And then finally, faith affects. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening, uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged, encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And, uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And, uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM, let me know how this message blessed you. And, um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you weirdos.